Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of Puzzling Company. I am Jared and here with me always, whether in person or sometimes in digital format. It's Zach. It's Zach here in person today though. I was going to say, I think technically in all our recordings, I've always been in person. Have you never been recorded at your house in no. all of the episodes we've done? No, I think you are the only person we've had to do it. So at. I've never, digital Zach could be very different. It's true. We have met robot Zach. Beep boop. Beep boop. He is very present when we were getting a little too organized, a little mechanical, but that's appropriate today because we're dealing with some mechanisms. We are dealing with two of the games from ID Venture and their Clue Box series. We had the opportunity to play Schrodinger's Box and also to play Davy Jones' Locker. Super exciting. You know, if you're a frequent listener, how much I love tangible things. And we are very excited to play these today. But hang around with us. We'll be right back. Silent Night. Okay, Jared. I don't know what's going on, but I really do not like this new creepy version of A Silent Night. Zach, I'm so sorry. I'm just so caught up in this new game that I'm playing. Well, tis the season to be jolly. Actually, this season, it's more like a murder with all of the trimmings. <gasps> this new game called Violent Night by Sultans of Solve is a really cool new premium experience. You'll solve a series of puzzly clues to try to bring a killer to justice. Well, if you want to play a Violent Night this Christmas, you can go to sultansofsolve.com and purchase it there. Just make sure you don't pick it up the knife before Christmas. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company. Here in this section of the show, we review what we have the opportunity to play. As I mentioned, we got to play two of the games in the Clue Box series by ID Venture. Zach, if someone has no idea what these games are, how would you describe these games? Interesting enough, the series that they are part of, Clue Boxes, it's kind of what they are. They're these wooden boxes that come to you that have a bunch of tiny puzzles and mechanisms all around them that you need to solve to explore more of the box is how I'll put it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. An escape room in a puzzle box Yeah, is what it feels like. And they're so freaking intriguing. They are. From the outside. We've had these sitting in our closet and you have definitely heard Zach dote on certain games that have been sitting in our closet for a long time. There's a lot of them. This has been mine. I've been looking at these and there's just so much to look at and to spin and to maneuver and to I'm just really pumped that we finally got to open these up and check them out. Yeah. But Zach, what were our, our overall thoughts? Like if you had to give me the biggest reason why people should pick up these games and maybe your biggest room for improvement for these games, what would you say? I would say like the first big like overall for all of them was definitely like the manipulatable tangibility. Yes. I mean, they're, they're clue boxes. They just have a bunch of small items and mechanisms. You can click, you can move, you can spin. It feels very nice. I know it's Jared's heaven when it comes to <laughs> things that you can interact with. I love it. Um, but yeah, it just felt really nice that you could mess with things on the box and things moved. And as you explore more of the clue box, things potentially opened and all that. And it felt like every time we would 
go deeper into the box. We're like, ooh, okay, new mechanism. New mechanism. Or we find mechan- part of mechanism that we couldn't mess with earlier is now activated. You know, like in terms of it was blocked by something and now you can move it. So that was like a lot of fun. I would say if we had like a room for improvement for overall, I would say it's narrative. It's hard because they are just, they're like wooden clue boxes. And really to put a lot of narrative into them, I think is kind of difficult. But they do give you, they do give you a card that kind of explains the basic story. Um, So like in Davy Jones, you're trying to collect the souls. Um, In Schrodinger's box, it's saving the cat. But that's it. You know, it's the card they have a little bit of theming on the on on the boxes, but that you know, if you look at the box, it's just a a puzzle box. Yeah, I want to I want to comment on both of those things. I'm I'm with you 100 percent of the way. The thing that I also like about the tangibility is that unless you use brute force, which it tells you not to in yeah. the instructions, you can't really mess this up that much. No, which is cool because it gives you a lot of freedom to play. Mm-hmm. Right, where in other games you're more so using your mental faculties to move something. You really get to engage, you know, the tips of your fingers. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm spinning one of the gears right now. And it really brings out, in my opinion, what's best about escape rooms, hmm. which is you should have cool, eye-catching, engaging things. And for them to bring that home into my house, it's like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I really, really like that they took a risk and went for a product that had a high level of physical engagement. I do agree with you though. And what on the room for improvement as well. And my thing is, it just felt like a, a missed opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Because Zach and I, one of our kind of key tenants when we're looking at something is if you give us something, even it's just a little bit, we're going to talk about it. Right. So if this was just a puzzle box, there would not be, in my opinion, any room for critiquing, well, where's the narrative? It's a puzzle box, right? Mm-hmm. But because you include narrative, especially more so, I would say, in Davy Jones than in Schrodinger's, there's this heavy theming. It felt like, especially with a mechanism that's opening up, that's revealing new spaces, there could be more room for narrative, right? To say that there's not, I don't, I don't think that's true. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think they could. Now, I'm not an expert and can tell you how to fix it, right? Or like why right. you should put it there. But it is, there is available space to potentially tell more or there is a limited part of the, I don't want to spoil anything. There's part that involves internet at the end of the game. And I think having maybe more narrative there would be a nice ending. Yeah, cap it off. Yeah, because I think it's going to be hard to put a lot into the actual box itself. But I think putting what you have at the beginning and then maybe making the end bigger in terms of narrative could be cool. I I agree. I'm just saying, I think there's room to grow in that dimension. And I think players will appreciate that because as we always talking about, if you include narrative in your game, we want the puzzles and the narrative working together flawlessly to drive the experience. This was still really cool, but in my opinion, kind of missing that element. Hmm. Zach, I want to talk individually about Schrodinger's box versus Davy Jones locker we did Schrodinger's box first, but let's walk through. What was really great about Schrodinger's? Schrodinger's was very smooth from the beginning. It it played smoothly. The mechanisms played smoothly. The level of difficulty felt like it scaled well. It was just a very smooth experience. I enjoyed every part of it. I felt like it was very new player friendly. It had like a good starting point and it kind of helped indicate that if you can find it. 
And then it's pretty linear after that what you can mess with in terms of like realizing what's next to go. Yes. Um, especially more in this game than in Davy Jones to a degree. But it was just, it was smooth. I, the whole experience felt great. I agree with you. The The place that I would say that there's room for improvement is it did just feel like puzzles. Like if it's Schrodinger's box, but they didn't really lean into the cat. They didn't really lean into any part of the story or theming. They just kind of put good puzzles. I really enjoyed the puzzles and the mechanisms, but again, it felt like a narrative miss for me on that front. The only, if I remember correctly, the only time it comes up is at the end. Yes. And at the beginning when you get the note. So really the puzzle box, at least more in Schrodinger's is a puzzle box. Agreed. And I, I just, there were so many cool moments. Like there's some cool discovery. There's good interactions. The puzzles are very uniquely, it's well thought out puzzle mapping. It's a great place to start. And if I, I think that's where everybody should start, in my opinion, with this series is at Schrodinger's Box because Davy Jones, as we kind of transition to talk about that, up the level of difficulty, in my opinion. But it also did some other cool things that we want to talk about that I thought was really neat. If you don't mind, I'll kick that off, Zach. Go for it. The tangibility and the interactability and the compartments and the they they upped their game between these two boxes. Davy Jones is so much more intricate. And in my opinion, you may disagree with me, it becomes more multiplayer friendly than Schrodinger's box. Yeah, no, it does. It really played well into more so like not what's just outside and surrounding the box, but you get big, cool reveals that feel like, if I'm talking escape rooms, like new rooms, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I It definitely felt more co-op in this one than in Schrodinger's. Schrodinger's felt like I could play by myself yes. and really didn't need anyone's help. And we did struggle with that a little bit. I wouldn't recommend this for more than two people. No, because Because the box is only about six inches by six inches. And even Zach and I, I think we felt a little bit of tension. It was like, oh, I want to hold the box. Like, Well, it points to... I would say, well, it's specifically in Schrodinger's. It felt like one of us had to hold the box and the other one couldn't do anything yes. at certain points. It, at least, like you said, in Davy Jones, it was less of that. They figured some things out, I think, mm-hmm. in probably some feedback before that. And it became very much a two-player game because now all of a sudden, and again, not trying to spoil, there was just, I'll say, more to work with. Yeah. 100%. Where did we feel like there was some room for improvement with specifically Davy Jones? I think the level of preciseness that you need to solve certain mechanisms in Davy Jones was frustrating. Specifically, there's one that we did that we had correct, but it had to be so precise in terms of where you had turned these certain dials, I'm going to call them. Sure. And when you pick up a certain piece that it got like stuck multiple times because it wasn't exactly perfect. For, for us. Yes, agreed. And it felt frustrating because when we kind of give a story for what happened to us, we had done it. We had gotten the puzzle correct. Like, we knew the answer was correct, but we it got jammed. And we were really confused, like, okay, was it on us? Like, did we pull it weird? What did we do wrong? Because we weren't, like, manhandling the box. No. We clearly were like, we got it. But then we kept messing with it. And then we almost, like, I personally, I'll be honest, I almost gave up because I was very frustrated at that point. Like, okay, I, I we know we have it. And I'm enjoying this, but it, like it's frustrating that we're just stuck. And then we found out that we like we kind of reset it entirely, and then put it very precisely like 
perfect spot for the dial to be exactly in the center where it needed to be. We pulled up the piece of wood that you needed yeah, to. Yeah, we, we may or may not have been starting to uh, unpiece the mechanism. Because Well, we had to because we yes. basically were stuck. We were like, okay, there's no way we can do this if we just don't figure out how this works. And then we eventually realized it just had to be very precise. Yes. And then it pulled up perfectly. And then it pulled. And, and part of it was there was an element of feedback that we felt like should have been present there to let us know that we've accomplished it well enough because we were working on a puzzle where we were very easily able to do the first half. The second puzzle mirrored that, but just would not let us physically mechanically do it. So yes, uh, in our, what I would call a deeper meta puzzle, I was not going to give up. I was determined. So Zach took a break, took a, took a breather and I, sort of started taking the box part, but it was also kind of fun because then there was this level of admiration for the internal mechanisms that were built into this thing. And I was just like, even as a puzzle like designer myself, I was like, how do you think of this? Cause I, yeah. how do you think of the mechanics of this? Like in my mind, it's flexing a different level of almost engineering yeah. that I just do not possess. So even though that was kind of a rough patch for us, I kind of had fun like solving a puzzle that wasn't intended for us by taking it apart and being like, oh, that's why that's not working. And then we were able to put it back together and keep going after a good little break. Yep. But I agree the it either needed a more area for like a margin of error or it needed the other part of that puzzle needed more feedback to let us know, oh, you, you you're close, but you're not quite there. Yeah. But overall, I think this is a really unique, I could see this being a great stocking stuffer for Christmas for the puzzle person in your life. I would lose my mind if my wife had one of these in my stockings, but she's already told me that, well, Jared, you can get whatever puzzle you want or purchase whatever puzzle you want. I can't buy you puzzles, which is really disheartening to hear. I can't believe that. (laughs) The smugness and the sarcasm in your expression right now is glorious. No, Allie's great. Allie has done nothing wrong. It's okay. It's all my fault. It always is. It always is. But that's going to wrap us up for our review part of our podcast. Hang out with us. We have puzzles to the people coming at you next. Solve puzzles, write reviews, win prizes. It's time for puzzles to the people. Zach, I just got your Christmas card in the mail. It was a coupon for bedtime stories. Yes. Aren't you excited? Are you reading the bedtime stories like in a chair next to my bed? Is that what that is? Yes, because I actually just recently purchased the premium experience from Enigma Fellowship. It's called The Magical Tale. It's a handmade wooden book that covers a whimsical fairy tale in it. Well, Zach, is it just narrative? Because you know I love puzzling as well. Well, Enigma Fellowship knows you really well because in this story, you're going to have to solve puzzles to help Baron Von Puffington III find his missing tale. Okay, I'm good with this gift. Thank you. But can you just make sure to leave my nightlight on when you're done? Well, the great thing about this story is that the light that it's going to leave in your heart will glow the whole room. You won't need that nightlight anymore. If you're interested in picking up the magical tale, head on over to enigmafellowship.com and pick it up for the holidays. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are now in the second section. That is Puzzles to the People. In this section, it's a little crazy. Jared will present a topic to me that involves or kind of revolves around the game that we're discussing or the type of game or the industry as a whole 
or we sometimes we cover different comments that people leave about the game or like reviews on their websites as well as like on Amazon, stuff like that. Uh, but it's really on Jared to kind of just surprise me with whatever he has for this week. Jared, what do you got this week? Today I want to talk about what I would call an adjacent industry or interest, actually something that predates the games that we primarily talk about on the show. We've used the term a lot during the first section, but I want to talk about puzzle boxes. Okay. And I don't want to dig so much into the history, but I want to have a discussion with you about what is our world borrowing from them? What are they not borrowing from them? And really just kind of have an open forum for the intersection of those two worlds. This will be interesting. I do not have pretty much any experience in the puzzle box world. Yes. Mine is very limited. Yeah. I will say, but one thing that I don't know, some of our uh, viewers know is kind of how Zach and I split up our responsibilities. I do most of the research for what we should play. And then Zach signs off. He's like, yeah, I think that would be good. And that's kind of how our process works is I present, I research and Zach gives his nod and we go for it. I've spent a lot of time looking at a lot of different puzzle boxes but I've been hesitant to reach out to a lot of creators because a lot of what we do is narrative, yeah. right? A lot of what we do in narrative, but historically, unless puzzle boxes are put into a narrative, puzzle boxes by themselves do not have that. No. Is that a bad thing in your opinion? No. Why not? I think if you're just wanting to do puzzles to do puzzles, that's fine. I think narrative can be interesting, but then also you can make the argument that putting narrative into a puzzle box isn't needed, but then also if it's not good, then like, why is it there? Like, sure. I, I could just do this as a puzzle box and be fine. Right. Because I think the fun part of puzzle boxes is the challenge of the puzzles. It's not think about anything else. Right. And that's honestly like, you know, when we like played Clue Box, the narrative played into it a little bit, but what was more enjoyable, like in terms of just how it plays is the puzzle box itself. Yes. Right. Like narrative mattered to us, but like if the puzzle box or the, the Clue Box didn't play more like a puzzle box and opened up and have like secrets and mechanisms, then it would fail. I think it would have failed worse if the puzzle, if the like puzzle box aspect was worse than the narrative, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, I think they're just fun because I think the, you, like I said, it, it's interesting how they make them work. It, it's so fun opening it up and messing with them and being like, Oh, how did, how does that open this compartment? Yes. And how does this compartment hold this key? And how do they think to make all these layers all intertwine where if you move one piece, this can is able to move now after three steps. Well, you bring up a really interesting point because what clue box I feel like did really well is they integrated two worlds. And we talked a little about this. It is a puzzle box meets an escape room. Yeah. So all of the logic behind solving the puzzles is, well, you'll know how to turn the mechanism once you solve the puzzle. Yeah. But that's not always the case in a traditional puzzle box. Hardly ever are there hints that are, or I guess I would call it signposting yeah. that is obvious. Mm -hmm. So did we really, in your opinion, experience any of that real puzzle box, like what I would almost call mechanical puzzling, solving through logic that is not you know oh we've got to order our puzzle this way or this is what i'm working with and now i just have to put it into my inputs because our inputs were very obvious yeah i think there was only like i would say maybe one puzzle in the entire experience of both davy jones and schrodinger's that was more like that in terms of that 
when we didn't, I think it's honestly more because we just weren't fully experienced in this stuff is that we saw it and I was like, okay, I think that's what I got to do, but I'm not positive. And it was not clear that that's what I needed to do. And then when I found out that's how it worked, I was like, oh, that's cool. But that was like one puzzle that I felt like it, it wasn't clear what I'm trying to do. Yes. It was just more of like, a, I see this, I'm going to try this. And yes. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. Okay. So that, that brings up a really interesting point that I want to talk about. Okay. And this is a theme that you and I dealt with recently that is a prominent aspect of puzzle boxes, but doesn't exist. And in my opinion, shouldn't exist a whole lot in the world that we cover and or escape rooms. So a little context, Zach and I, at the end of last week or in the middle of last week, we went to Kentucky to Lexington, Kentucky to countdown games, which is a really, really cool escape room mm -hmm. in Lexington, Kentucky sets that are massive, multiple rooms to tour. Yep. The owner's name is Peyton, was a really kind and gracious host to us, showed us yes. around some of the stuff that he's working on. And it is, in my opinion, worth traveling if you're anywhere in the South to come check out this place. But as we were doing similar things that we do in this podcast, but about escape rooms, we were talking about some of our experiences. And although we loved it, there was one puzzle type that existed in a lot of the games that we really struggle with. You know what I'm talking about. It's three words. Wait, you say a puzzle type that we struggled with? That we feel like doesn't always lend itself best to escape room style formats. Oh, I was just going to say like logical, like logic puzzles, but it, that, that I'm thinking of that specific one. If, in if I said the shield puzzle, um, mm, okay. I don't know what word you're trying to use, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yes. I, I'm talking about guess and check. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guess and check puzzles in an escape room are something. Yes. They, uh, we ran into a couple puzzles there that, especially because of a time limit. Yes. Just didn't feel super appropriate. Now in the at home world, there's not often a time limit. Nope. So I feel like there's a little more leniency there. But puzzle boxes run on this. Puzzle yeah. boxes are all about testing your mechanical hypothesis to try to get the box to move, shift, so that you can move. Oftentimes, you don't even know what your input is. Yep. So at the intersection of that in our world, what do you think about that? What do you think about guess and check type puzzles? In the at-home world, I think it's fine. I think it's interesting because... I'm not a huge fan of those types of puzzles in general. Yes. But it, it has its place. I think having, like you said, like puzzle boxes, having that makes sense to a degree. Because I think a lot of puzzle boxes that are designed about that are supposed to be more difficult. Yes. So it, it is about testing your theory and like mapping out what you think it will do. And then thinking of how the inner parts of the mechanism works. So I, I think it's fair in those spots. But like in an escape room, like we, not my thing. Definitely, definitely doesn't feel like the greatest thing, especially when you have a timer. Yes. I think in like the at home mystery style games, I think it could be fine, but it, I think it has to, I think it has to come with something that makes it worth doing that style puzzle. Mm. Like the puzzle box is an example. That is a good medium for that to work with. Right. Yes. But if you give me a guess and check with like, I don't know, like six words and you're trying to make me find like the word combination, but it's literally just a guess and check of figuring out which, how it lines up. 
Yes. That kind of seems dumb. It's in, in my opinion. Right. But it depends. It's all about using it in a good way. I don't know. That's that's how I'd word it. And just to get some clarity on what we mean by like a guess and check puzzle, it's a puzzle that doesn't have any logical solve beyond experimenting. Correct. You have to try something and it may not work. The best example that I can give is, uh, let's say it was a, a puzzle that would order. You have 10 buttons and you have to figure out the right order to push those buttons in. The minute that you pass one out of order, everything goes back and you start from the beginning. Right. I don't particularly care for those puzzles because there's nothing really beyond the guessing and checking to solve it. Right. It's a very elementary, time consuming way to implement something. Those are the types of puzzles that I'm talking about. And I do agree with you. I feel like there is some room for that in ours just because there is no time limit. But at the same time, it can become very frustrating because we're so used to Again, signposting and cluing that directs us towards a very definitive pathway or answer. Yeah. But let's talk about that in puzzle boxes. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's that that is so much because we always joke about like if you knew the answers to an at-home puzzle or mystery box or escape room, you could escape in five minutes. Yeah. If you knew how to do a puzzle box, most of them you could escape them in 30 seconds. Yep. Boop, boop, move this, slide this, twist this, boop. Oh, there's the inside. But What's hilarious about puzzle boxes is the inverse is true. It takes longer to do a traditionally difficult puzzle box because you are literally guessing at the creator's design and there's hints and there's a little bit of cluing, but you have to be so in tune with the mechanics of what you're messing with. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you familiar with Chris Ramsey? Yes. I was actually, when you talked about all this, I was like, yeah, I've seen enough Chris Ramsey videos to understand a puzzle box. If you don't watch Chris Ramsey's channel, he is a magician that has a great series on him solving puzzle boxes. And a lot of them are fun because I know we feel like we spend a lot of money in our world. Puzzle box people are on a different platform oh, in terms sp- of spending money and how much they cost. Per oh, day. Uh, one, one of his videos, he pays more for a puzzle box than we do. I think we've in paid a, a good bit of money for the things we have. In a year. Yeah, but I mean, he. I've seen a few videos where it's like, $200,000 puzzle box <laughs> opening or two, 20,000. It's like, okay, yeah, clearly what we've bought in a year, he right. has a one the value, episode. The value of what our wonderful creators have sent us versus the $10,000 puzzle. But here's box. what I'll say. I'm going to, I'm going to diss. Oh, that $10,000 puzzle box looks sick. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it looks but, amazing. But I'll take our content over that. Again, it's what you want. Cause I think of puzzle sure. boxes as the mechanical version of a Sudoku, a crossword puzzle. There is no narrative. Sometimes there's some theming, but there's not often a story that you're unfolding when you're doing that. But it's just super fascinating me to see all of these facets move towards the world that we cover, which is at-home puzzles and mysteries, and have some form of narrative or some form of theming. And again, you see this more in the Davy Jones game, Mm. and you feel it more, and it really has started coming together. So I'm super excited to get to play Nautilus at some point, because I think they're somehow packing more into these small boxes. I'm just super impressed with the whole production. Um, It gives me hope for Spectre and Vox when we get to put that wooden bad boy together. And then there's some other cool, I think Escape, uh, what's that other company? I think it's called Escape Velt, another German-based company that does, if you've ever seen The Pyramid, a cool game that they have a company that we're hopefully going to work with in the future as well. But yeah, I, I just love talking about where we're intersecting. We're going to have some episodes next year where we're talking about 
the intersection of jigsaw puzzles. We talked about that a little bit with one of the games, but on like a bigger scale next year, it is so fun to see all of these worlds clashing and colliding. And we just couldn't miss the opportunity to talk about them. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're into puzzle boxes, definitely check out Chris Ramsey's channel. It is some really cool stuff, some really creative mechanically minded creators that he gets to work with and show. And it honestly, it was way more fun to watch somebody solve a puzzle box than an at-home puzzle or mystery box, in my opinion. So then you spin the cipher wheel this way, and yeah, we joke around about what what our YouTube channel would look like. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe one day. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap us up for our middle section here today. We've got questions for creators coming at you next. There are some awesome people who make the puzzles we love to solve. This is Questions for Creators. Zach, I'm I'm so sorry to hear about the robbery at your house last night. Are you okay? I'm fine. But Jared, literally no one broke into my house last night. But I do feel a little upset because you did stand me up for game night. Okay. Your text literally reads, break in tonight, exclamation point. Jared, that's literally the name of the game. It's a really cool new concept where you're trying to solve puzzles to break into the game instead of out of it. All other games follow really cool narratives about real-life places. We really should have people check it out in our show notes to get details on where they can pick up this game. So it's called Break In? Yes, it's Breaking In, not Breaking Out. I'm sorry. It's okay. If you are listening, you are now in Questions for Creators. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging with us. This is a section where we get to meet the awesome people that build these games, design these games, or play a large role in either their implementation, manufacturing, et cetera. These are just really cool people. So we're excited again to have creators on our show to talk with them. I want to jump right into it because I don't know, anytime we get to work with someone, an overseas creator, I just feel like we get to learn a lot. They're coming from a different culture, a different standpoint. So we are just going to stop talking and let's get to know them a little bit. So tell us about yourself and your company. So my name is Alexander, and uh, I'm ex-IT uh, engineer, and uh, yeah, we started uh, the company around five and a half years ago. CEO, you have to say. Yes. Okay. Yes. My name is Chris, and I'm the sidekick of Alex. <laughs> So uh, we started initially, the idea was as a platform for uh, creation of the games, of escape games. We established the platform, so it's still available on our site. Um, but unfortunately, when we build it, we discovered that people don't want to create content themselves. They want to have content created. And we always were creating in the past uh, games for kids and adults, you know, kind of escape games at home. So initially we wanted to enable other people to do it, but uh, as they did not want to do it, we started to create it themselves. And we started with kids games, like pirate games, Alice game, that was our first product. And then we moved actually to adults game. And the first game we created was a shower game. So. The idea was always at the very beginning is to enable people to play things at home. It doesn't matter which kind of puzzle games, but it was always to be at home. And uh, because, you know, not always people can go somewhere else or escape rooms numbers are limited. Actually, we started actually when escape rooms were just also at the beginning of creation, maybe a bit more advanced than, than games at home. But uh, that's how it all started. 
And then we started slowly discover all other directions of different kinds of games, online games, escape games, pure. Uh, and the always direction was to create more and more immersiveness of the games. And same as puzzles, right? So to try to create really an atmosphere or a feeling of the person being in the game. Not uh, simple card games or like we do not do card games as of now. It's more about an atmosphere and creation of the, the product more being more visually uh, appealing to people. That's uh, That was an idea. And uh, yeah, that's how we started to move into different direction of puzzle games. Where did the inspiration for combining an escape room with a puzzle box come from? So um, uh, we have an additional partner. He is, uh, he's, he is located in Russia. And we created one of the detective games together. Uh, he was also building, he was uh, uh, building an escape rooms in the past. So, and yeah, I mean, he will always thinking about some wooden products. Together we had some different ideas for some different games initially, but then we came to the idea of the puzzle box. And he created the first prototype, we tried it and People liked it, and that's how we came, you know, to build uh, to build more experience and our uh, our experience and people experience into into the boxes. And now we are trying different mechanics. We have additional people on board for help who are working also on this idea. And uh, we also we always have also story behind it. It's not only the box. It might be the story. Might not be. And the important part of the box, because still you, you focus on the wooden product, it's, the story is not so um, important as maybe on the games, but still we always think that the, the story behind the product is also important part of it, because it's you always need to reach some target at the end, and this target should be not just opening the box, but also revealing some mystery behind the box. So for your personal experience, what's harder, designing the puzzle itself or the mechanisms? Mechanisms, because we are using quite complex mechanisms. Development of each box takes six to eight months. Okay, so with, of course, exchange starting with uh, with ideas what you want to have there until, until testing and first prototyping and so on. But very difficult. I mean, so we need to try to have a combination, of course, of very good mechanism the size and the price right it's important because you can make a box of 3000 euros but <laughs> no no one will really buy it right so we want to make this this products available to people and to fit uh, complex mechanisms because we do have quite complex mechanisms in this small box this is the most challenging part right but but i think uh, uh, it, it's divided in two parts the mechanisms and the story around it Right and yeah, sure. But he asked, what about most more more challenging part of this? And mechanism is, is the most challenging part of creation because first of all, you want to create a different type of variations. We don't want to repeat ourselves all the time, right? I mean, you don't want to create several mechanisms or repeating them because people just will be uh, not interesting. And not only mechanism, but also make a puzzle out of this mechanism. So you can make maybe very complex mechanism, but you also need to create a puzzle behind it which will be solvable and, of course, not destructible because uh, people damaging, I mean, trying at least to damage product, in some cases they succeed because product is still uh, fragile uh, in the way it is. 
So it's a combination of things. So just, you know, you have a, a story, you have an idea of puzzles, you have visuals and you have mechanisms and you need to fit it all in the same format. Plus it's a manual assembly. People need to be able to assemble the product properly because assembly takes, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a complex part of it. Plus we need to think about resetting the product also in a, in a way that it should be resettable. So all these things are, uh, I mean, you need to consider all these parameters and that's why it takes, as I mentioned, it's quite a complex product from six to eight months and we have an engineering team and people working around it. So that's, that's. I have to say good that you're doing the job and not me. You need a lot of uh, patience and, patient and uh, a lot of tries and so on because that, that's really, I mean, we always try to do something new. Whenever we don't try to repeat ourselves to do simple things and just we, we don't copy other stuff. I mean, we never, you know, I personally never play against of competitors just because of the reasons that I don't want to have in my mind something that I might copy from them. I might, you know, copy some general ideas because I, I've seen it somewhere or in a movie or something. But we, I personally never play competitors' products, uh, not just not to to have in my brain uh, copying. Yeah, but but that's always a problem. We have no competitors at the beginning because there are brand new game concepts or games, you know. Yeah, I mean for Cluebox, yes, for others, but also now for boxes, you know, some others uh, are coming, and definitely people will come because concept is interesting, and we see that concept is interesting for people and. It's reflected in, in the feedbacks we get because we get majority, like I would say 99% of feedbacks are, are, are great feedbacks to, to what we do. So that's also the most important satisfying part of the end that people say, yeah, I mean, this was a wow, wow experience and that, that's really cool. What is harder to design puzzles or mechanisms? Uh, both. I mean, uh, because our mechanisms are puzzles, so you need always to combine. When you when you create a mechanism, you need to think what kind of puzzle can do out of it. I mean, you can do super super complex mechanisms which will not be open. We have we had several already. We did the mechanism, but at the end we just saw that yeah, I mean, people were not able to do it, or it will be super complex. And, uh, you know, you can take, like, put a key on one side, then on another side, on the fourth side, and then you need to do some additional actions, but you will not be able to, explain, able to explain to people in the way of the hint or something what to do there. So that's also an important uh, part of, uh, of the creation. And testing. That's because uh, in the beginning, I, I didn't see anything, and he came up and said, okay, that's a prototype, play it. And he directly sitting beneath me, yeah, and pushing, watching his hand and say, go. Unbelievable. That's no pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure. Hurry up. Come on. How fast you can, yeah. how, how fast you can do it. That, that's yeah. true. Because we also need to measure time and to see, you know, that uh, if you're being stuck somewhere for longer time, because we also want to make it a bit, you know, more ticking, more dynamic experience. That's why in... In the new box we created, the last one, which released Nautilus, you have more uh, puzzles, which are, you know, which can be done in parallel and dynamically more, physically, technically more uh, being performed faster, but 
more steps to go rather than having in a previous box we have for example one puzzle which takes much longer i mean it depends what people prefer some people prefer one type and other people prefer another type but we're always trying to combine such things yeah that's right talk to us a little bit about the future we know that you just had a successfully funded kickstarter for your nautilus box are we expecting more boxes anything that you can tell us about the future within this series that you have going on Alex, yeah. I'm interesting as well in this question. We can tell you as little as we can. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely we work on, on new products. There will be new products. Uh, some of them uh, or kids. So currently we work on two in parallel. And one of them will be something special. So it will be different on what you used to, to see. We work on, we also discover different directions of uh, puzzle boxes. We, we do some kind of, you don't call it a puzzle box, we call it more uh, uh, a present box where you have, and we're trying to do it resettable. I don't know if you, you saw our cryptos. We have uh, heart, uh, Tin Woodman's heart, and we also work on other products where it's maybe not for puzzle core people, but it's something if you want to surprise with someone with some special, you know, special uh, wooden treasure box. And that's, uh, that's something we also work. From the main line, yes, we plan for next year uh, a thing to boxes. And a question we ask everyone, what are you currently playing? Uh, that can be another like at home style game. That can be a video game. Um, we just like shouting out other creators and being able to see like what you've been enjoying to play lately. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, we play other games. Uh, for example, we play recently with Chris Unmatched, uh, but this is a different type of game. This is completely not puzzle games. Uh, no, not 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 puzzle games, any game, you know? Uh, unmatched, uh, it was fun. I mean, it's, uh, it's something mm -hmm. like uh, direction. We play Magic, for example, Magic Cards. Uh, uh, well, the, the good thing is Alex don't know much games. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm, not sure. I'm the expert in board games and everything else, and it's like Christmas for him. I, I'm bringing a new game everyone knows, but he don't know, and that's cool. And I can beat him, you know, easily because he don't know the game. That's not true. Not <laughs> but but for me, I mean, game industry. I mean, first of all, I grow in uh, I grow in location when uh, I mean I grow in in in, in USSR in Russia and. We did not have games like I mean we had very basic things, but in our uh, in our uh, childhood and in our uh, we, we did not have this uh, you know board games uh, things. So now it's also being dis discovered and growing in Russia, but at our time there. So I, I'm not actually. We always tried to create something, right, ourselves, because we didn't have anything else. And that's how all this born. It's more and more, more inspired by movies, more inspired by books and other things. And indeed, I'm discovering now new new type of games with Chris because he is like in this industry a very long time, and I'm like really, I'm really newbie here. I do like more uh, competitor games because I like to beat them as well. <laughs> uh, uh, but we uh, from you know from puzzling games i mean i always played also small puzzles like i don't know if you know these puzzles when you need to open a bottle or when there's some wooden puzzles as well where you need to open and take a wine bottle and so on 
from nuance, as I said, maybe Chris is a better, uh, you know, better person to say it. Oh, I know what you want to play. So if I have a new game I want to try, we try it. That's that's a good thing. He's interested in everything. So unfortunately, we never played strip poker, Alex. But I think it's a good thing that we never played it together. That's a good thing. Yes. But uh, what to recommend to people? Uh, I mean, if people are really puzzle things. What I saw, actually, uh, I mean, uh, sometimes I, I just check the shops which are selling our products. And I saw, for example, on, on different puzzle shops, uh, beautiful, like also different wooden puzzles as well. I mean, I, I did not try them, but visually it looks nice. And I was an art of play. There is a shop in the U.S. which are having beautiful like cards and uh, different models and so on. What I also do like is, for example, doing models. I was always doing models, and you have nice models to do as well, right? This is also kind of puzzle to make. Uh, some. Uh, you mean if you take three sticks, glue it together, and say it's a car? Something like this, but more complex. So I'm still building my my wooden ship for the last ten years, and still do not finish it. But uh, that's so <laughs> there, there, there's a thousand of things, but I, I do, I mean, from, from competitors, if you like comp competitors games, uh, Unmatched and, and Magic, and from puzzling, uh, as I said, puzzle, I don't play it on purpose, so it's really, I'm not really the right person to, to recommend here. Thank you, Alex. I play everything since... 40 years I'm playing everything on the market, board games, video games, everything. So as I said, that's pretty cool because Alex don't know the games and I can take my old games I like. And Settler from Catan, you know, already, right? He never played it. So it's it's fun, you know? Um, I never played it very much. Yes, I know. So uh, that's, that's fun to play the games with him. And all the Euro, yeah, sure. German board games, of course, Euro-style board games, everything. Game of the year, and yes, that's my world. <laughs> so we are happy that the people like our products. That's that's cool. We see all over the world, from Japan to America to Canada, everywhere, we have the same reactions that people like it. And uh, that's pretty important for us, that the people are pleased with our products and not angry because it's broken or something like this. No, the quality is good. They have fun. It's a journey for them to play the games, and that's pretty nice. Yeah, to tell you where the American people can buy our products, uh, Alex said it, Art of Play is a shop, and we have on Amazon as well. Amazon uh, US can buy the boxes, and that's, I think, the biggest point where you can get the games. In Canada, it's uh, what is Mr. Puzzle, right? Mr. Puzzle, right, in Canada, right. So we work, I mean, it's also actually for us, I know that Mr. Puzzle, for example, they kind of uh, a known place for, for uh, part of place, they're known places for good puzzles. And we're actually pleased that we are in this portfolio. And we also had, uh, you know, quite big bloggers reviewing our products, giving good feedback. So. Yeah, the most important, you know, that at the end your product is is creating fun and it's people are pleased with what you do. So let's give you uh, get a good feedback. That's really important. Otherwise, if you spend one year on something and people say it's it's a bad stuff, so yeah, I mean it's a bit, it's really frustrating. But in this case, uh, yeah, 
and I'm very pleased with the results. We just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure having you. Thank you so much for sending us your product for review. We really appreciate it. And we really enjoyed getting to play through it. Thank you. Thank you. If you are interested in picking up a clue box, you can find them on Amazon. You can also go to idventure.de. There is an English section of the website where you can pick one of these up as well. And Nautilus Box should soon be coming to Amazon as well as soon as the Kickstarter is fulfilled and they ramp up their production. So a lot of great opportunities to get to check these out. Again, I personally think this would be a great stocking stuffer. And yeah, be be kind to someone this Christmas. Give them a puzzle gift. They would really enjoy that. Zach, how can people help us out on our puzzling company podcast journey? Yeah, so you can do a few different things. The first thing you can do is you can actually go to wherever you listen to this podcast. If that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, wherever. And you can go there and you can leave us a five-star review. Uh, just leave a comment telling us how much you've been enjoying the show, stuff like that. Um, you can also go and follow us on our social medias. You can go to Instagram at Puzzling Company or our Facebook at Puzzling Company. Comment there. Talk to us. Uh, you can send us DMs to both of us through there, and uh, we can have a good chat about some games. Right on. So, Zach, where are we going? J- Jared, no. Stop. I'm tired of this, okay? You do this to me every week, and half the time I don't know where we're going next. So I'm just going to ask you, Jared, where are we going next week? Have you ever been to Minnesota? No. Well, there is a great company up in Minnesota called Trapped Puzzle Rooms. Okay. And they have been kind enough to send us one of their at-home games called Taco Tuesday. That's right. T-W-O-S-D-A-Y. But why, why is there the number two in it? Well, I guess you're going to have to wait till next week. Okay. For Jared and Zach, this is Puzzling Company. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling. This has been Globe Media Network Podcast.